All right, yesterday, a uh, big game for Michigan State. Uh, what felt like about five minutes after they played <laughs> Michigan before, they were playing them again. Uh, only this time, a different outcome, and it may have punched a ticket into the NCAA tournament. Tom Izzo, the coach of the Spartans, on the line with us right now. Hello, Tom. How you doing, Mitch? Any hey, weird, a- weird, weird game when you think about what you just said, because it did seem like five minutes. How, has that uh, ever happened in the history of Michigan-Michigan State uh, rivalry that you played back-to-back games? Not since I've been here. I think I might have played somebody like Purdue back-to-back once because we used to go, you know, like one to nine and then nine to one, you know, when you played it uh, back there when we had a total round robin, I think when I was maybe a GA or something, but mm-hmm. – I don't even think then it, it might have happened once, but never with Michigan, Michigan State, and that's uh, you know, I mean it's it's okay, but it's I don't I don't think either one of us loved it, you know. No, uh, <laughs> it, it was fun for like the fans, time. though. It was fun for the fans for you know because. Uh, with the state being sort of divided, half Michigan, half Michigan State, it didn't take long for the revenge factor to get in. And so everybody was happy. Over the course of four or five days, everybody was upset and everybody was happy, which is what sports should be. Yeah, I think that's why people, you know, the rivalry means even more in football because once you win, you're a 360-day right. You know, winner. Where, uh, you know, really uh, the worst part of it is if uh, – if we win Thursday, we're going to play them again. So that'll be uh, Friday. That'll be uh, eight days, three times. And, and their last three games would be against us. You know, That's right. That's right. That's right. We could win. It's like scrimmaging against one another. NBA yeah. playoffs, man. Best out of seven. Uh, well, it was a big win because Michigan, you know, look, they have an amazing program. They were 19-2 and two coming in. They'd only lost twice. Uh, you know, they've done a great job. Jawan Howard's done a great job there. Uh, did you – were you confident? of a win given how, how, how big a blowout the first game was? Well, you know, I wasn't confident, but I, I, I felt okay because uh, we, uh, you know, it was a pretty good game until right before half. Aaron Henry gets that goofy foul, and we could have cut it to three, and it ends up uh, 11 at halftime, and then we cut it down a little bit. I mean, I don't think it was – it was really more than a 19-point game, but it really was – not, uh, I didn't think, uh, you know, that we couldn't play with them, but I, I can't say I felt confident or comfortable. Yeah. That's for sure. They're yeah. good. They yeah. have a good team. They've had a hell of a year. They deserve a number one seed. Uh, all those things that has happened, um, it's been remarkable. Mm. You know, I know it's not generally your place to comment on other teams' programs or anything like that, but when Jawan Howard, who you, you, you know, uh, coached against when he was part of the Fab Five. Um, can you say anything about the job that he's done there, given that he had no coach, head coaching experience before he came in? Was that a surprise to you? Do you know him off the court enough to know that it wasn't a surprise? You know, I recruited Juwan a little bit, believe it or not, uh, way back in uh, the late 80s. Um, and uh, so I've kind of known him throughout. And, uh, you know, I think he had a great experience at Miami. You know, with uh, Pat Riley and Smolstra, uh, Spolstra, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think that helped them. Uh, and then, of course, last year he got his feet wet. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you got to give a lot of people credit there. I think his assistants have done a good job. I think Juwan's done a good job. I think 
some of those guys from the John Beeline era, you know, uh, have have been really good. And uh, of course, then you get a super freshman and you get a transfer in there. And uh, but I think Juwan has done a great job with that program and with that team. And uh, you don't go 19 and two or whatever they are now three with uh, just because you got good players. Um, they're not that good of players where you can just go 19 and three, uh, you, you know. And I think he's coached them. Hey Tom, now that the season's over, was it harder than you thought it was going to be the COVID season, or, or it went relatively smoother than you thought? And I know it's not over, but the regular season is at least. Okay, it, it was the hardest year I've been through, and not because, you know, we were one of the teams that you know had four or five guys get it in the middle of the year, and two or two or three of them were guys that were either starting or in the playing group, and. uh that part was really difficult. Uh, you know, the pandemic itself, it was hard to figure out how to push people and not. I thought we had a big loss early in the year that really screwed us up when we had that Purdue game all but one. And um, and then, you know, four days later, we we go into the virus protocol and uh, and having guys that had it, you know, like Langford and, and uh, Brown and Sissoko, I mean, especially Langford and Brown, I mean, that was – it wasn't just the 17 days they were out. It affects you for a lot longer than that. And and then me, I didn't know how hard to push him, not to push him, not really my cup of tea. You know, I really don't usually care. <laughs> and uh, I actually had to be a little, uh, you know, I had to use uh, psychological thinking, which for <laughs> youper isn't real easy. So uh, <laughs> I learned a little bit as I went. And, uh, you know, I did rely on, I, I, I spent a lot more, I, I always spent a lot of time, but I spent more time. You know, I was, worried about how they were in their apartments and, how, you know, what they're going through. So I think it was more difficult because we've never been through anything like this, probably like you guys. You know, it's just yeah. it's just a strange Well, phenomenon. I mean, you're, and you're, had... you're not alone. I mean, look at the no. storied programs that are just having their worst years ever. Duke might not make the tournament at all, you know, and, and I just think— won't. Yeah, there's so yeah. many, so many uh, historically great programs. So I, I think it can't just be what happened in East Lansing. It's all about what happened in America, and and everybody was uh, apple carts was still upset. But now you find yourself in in a position of, especially if you do well in the tournament, of of making the tournament and the big tournament. And who knows, this has got to be a wide open tournament this year. And so do you think, first of all, given the fact that you've beaten three top five teams now, nobody else has done that. I don't Nobody's done that in a long time that that should punch your ticket to the tournament, no matter what happens in the big 10 tournament. Well, it's easy for me to say 100%. And I only say that because um, we've won five out of seven. We've beaten, uh, you know, some really good teams. We've played. I think our schedule's ranked fifth. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, and then we've been through the pandemic. I mean, we've been through the virus, you know, which, you know, sometimes you get an injury or two during the year. That's taken into account. With the virus, it doesn't seem like anybody looks at it the same way. But, I mean, you know, you probably lose Langford for 30 days, you know, uh, by the time he got back to normal. I... I said a good example is at Purdue, the Sasha uh, kid, that uh, their best shooter, you know, he was out 17 for the next four games. He didn't score a basket. He's one of the best shooters in the league. And so it, it affects everybody differently. It's excuse, it's this. But I, I think, um, you know, we play in the toughest conference. There's nobody argues that. If this conference doesn't get nine or ten teams in, uh, I think it's an insult to the conference and to the 
the powerhouses in the conference, which right now is Illinois and Michigan and Iowa and, and Ohio State and, you know, Wisconsin and Purdue are right on their heels. And uh, so, um, you know, that's why I think uh, the conference itself deserves teams in. But you know what? The weird year, I don't feel comfortable with anything, right. but I do feel like we've earned the right to be in it. Uh, but that's, you know what? My mom and dad, well, my dad's dead. My mom's not on the committee. Uh, my my uncle Quito's not on the committee. So uh, okay. who in the hell knows what's going to happen? Okay. Yeah, support. If only Uncle Guido was on the committee, yeah. you'd be I all set. Hey, Mitch, can I ask Coach about youper psychology for a moment? Yeah, go ahead, Rosie. <laughs> Coach, so uh, there's many, many ways, I think, to motivate players. I think you're the master of it. Did you expect the response you got from, from Rocket Watts you got yesterday by not starting him? <laughs> you know, Rock's an interesting kid. He's, he's, he's really a great kid. It's just, uh, you know, I, I mean, so many guys go through that. It's just that he's at a position, you know, when you, when you have your quarterback in that vulnerable position. And I, I still say I, I took all the blame and still do. You know, I put him in a position that wasn't really right for him at the time. If we would have had the spring, summer, fall, and exhibition games and four or five other games, he would have been fine as he's starting to mature into it now. But, but I can't blame him for that. What I can blame him for is you got to spend a little more time to figure out what you got to do for not only our team but for himself and his future. So, you know, I just, uh, I mean, I, I don't look at those things like some people. I don't look at the Aaron Henry finger wagging as anything. It's uh, Uper's way of teaching. <laughs> well, it <laughs> you worked. Know, everybody does it differently, you know. I, I just haven't seen, you know, whether it be Belichick or Saban or Bo Schembechler or John Thompson, I haven't seen the would you please work harder method work. You know, pretty please would you work harder. i just never seen it work. So I don't know why everybody's so surprised. If you look at people that have sustained excellence, um, there's a lot of roadkill. It's not easy. And uh, I was proud of Rocket for how he responded. You know, was I positive? Not the first two days after, but the morning of the, sh- of the game, uh, the shoot-around, he was absolutely at a different level. Yeah, and uh, just got out of a meeting with him a little while ago to try to figure out, you know, you got to learn me, i got to learn you. You know, that's part of this process. Yeah, I mean, and, he was um, a difference maker. It was really incredible. Okay, Rosie, your analysis uh, moments are over. Okay, we're moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Rosie. Psychological youper stuff, Rosie. Uh, Tom, thanks for spending time with us. Good luck in this tournament. And I, for one, am really hoping you win your first game because I want to see three Michigan games in a row. I just love that. I want to be part of history. Oh, hell yeah. You might not like it, but let's let's face it. If you win that one, you're definitely in. So uh, we're going to pull right? for it. I thought you'd put us in already. I, mean, you're not like <laughs> I did. I got you're you. in. Look, with so me, you're always in. You're, you're in on the in. first day. <laughs> hey, Mitch Elbum's as good as Uncle Guido for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Except I don't pack heat. Yeah. Uh, Tom, always great guys. to talk to you. All See you right, later. So